0: Welcome to Second Cherry, an actual Eurovision podcast. Welcome to Turin. Welcome to Second Cherry, I'm Matt.
1: And I'm Monty. This is the podcast that usually brings you the songs that didn't make it to the Eurovision. But this week we are bringing you all the experience of being in Turin at the actual Eurovision Song Contest.
0: Actual. Actual.
1: Actual. (laughs) That's your actual Eurovision, that is. It is. Hello, Monty. Hello, Matt. How are you? I'm good. I know that because I've been with you for the past four
0: days. Yeah, we haven't (laughs) killed each other yet. Not yet. No, no. there's still time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So we've had... Really, a couple of days off, almost. We had the Big Five rehearse on Saturday morning. It's now Sunday evening. Um, but we haven't had any rehearsals to watch. So we've been out and about. We've been getting a flavour of Turin.
0: We have. We uh, went to the...
1: Piazza.
0: Pia- <laughs> we went to a Piazza. Piazza. It was Vittoria. Veneto Vittoria. Vittoria, yeah, see, si, see. Si. <laughs> uh, and yes, we kind of met up with some Eurovision fans, some other people, um, other podcasters as well. Yeah, um, all of that in a moment. All of that, yes. While we were at the piazza, we uh, stumbled upon, although we were pre warned, that um, there was going to be a bit of a flash mob by Norway and Subwoofer. And um, we got there and, yeah, explain a bit about what we saw because, first of all, Latvians were there. Yes, the Latvians were there busking in the square. And
1: then sub arrived and they flashed and they mobbed. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, they were mobbed. Yeah. And then the heavens absolutely opened. So we saw them briefly, but I'm afraid that we dashed rather for cover under the umbrella, under the bar that we were
0: sat across the road. <laughs> we did have beers over the road. Uh, warming um, so we were like well it's raining we can't get the shots we want so let's go another have a beer. <laughs> we've had some interesting drinks and food there's a thing in Turin
1: called a paricena, which is like an aperitif that you have before dinner but it's like a dinner snack a pre-dinner snack as well so you order your drink and then they'll also bring you a selection of food and nibbles to graze on it's very civilised it was isn't it it felt very European yes absolutely <laughs> So we we chugged on our drinks, we had quite a few of them, and then in the evening we went off and found a bar,
0: and had a very jolly time actually. Yeah, I mean, we, we went in, it's, it was billed as a gay bar, but I think it was just fruit friendly to be honest with you, but we went in, the barman looked miserable, everybody looked miserable, and we're like, oh God, is, is, is this right? Should we stay here? Uh, ordered a few cocktails, which always helps, and then suddenly just... The night just turned, and everyone was happy, and there was some Eurovision music. And yes, there was. There was some
1: playlists going from YouTube at times. It was a very
0: eclectic musical taste, because we
1: had Guns N' Roses and Bon Jovi when we walked in, which made us suspect it probably wasn't a whoopsie bar. Yeah. Uh, and then we had some 50s rock and roll, and then we had some Eurovision. Then we had some Italian, uh, Canzoni Italiani.
0: Yeah, and when the Eurovision songs were being played, uh, especially when Bitti Strava came on, all the Italians were watching all us, Eurovision fans, sort of clap along. Bitti Strava. <laughs> Bitti Strava. Bitti Strava. Strava. Yeah, so imagine that. Italians were looking at us thinking, what the hell? A whole table of us, because there were many of us by then. We had rather multiplied and taken over the middle section of the bar. (laughs) We had, yeah. We'd say it was us. Um, and then we were joined later by some special guests, some special guests. Yes. We were absolutely
1: delighted to (laughs) finally meet our fellow podcasters, Mikey and Dale from Aussie Aussie Vision. Vision.
0: Bless them guys. Ah, what a lovely time we had meeting them. They turned up half cut like we were. Well so we were half cut. We were right half cut. Yeah, well. they, they matched us they matched our level for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um it was a lovely to see them in person. They do exist, I can confirm, for those who are wondering. <laughs>
1: oh, it was so nice. It felt like yeah.
0: we'd been friends forever, even though it was the first time that we were meeting. Yeah. It was kind of surreal. Yeah. But yeah, lovely boys. We had loads of drink after that when it turned <laughs> So we are feeling a little bit fragile today.
1: Yes, we have been rather fragile because although we went to bed at four o'clock, uh, by nine o'clock this morning, the neighbours upstairs in the apartment where we're staying had a small child running around and they seem to be building the entire IKEA range <laughs> in the... <laughs> in the room above me
0: so we had banging and clattering from nine o'clock this morning which wasn't great no and I think we might have to get our own back but more on that later maybe (laughs) we'll come up with a plan and let you guys know what we did So not
1: much Eurovision, really, for the rest of the day yesterday. And because we had a late night, we've had quite a gentle day today. We've been milling around town. We've been having some more drinks and just chewing the fat with some some friends of the parish. But we also went to, well, quite a strange experience, really. There's... There's a centre, a cultural centre, in the Palazzo Madama, which is in one of the main squares, and it's set up as kind of a mini press centre, but nobody seems to know about it. But they're having a range of cultural events, so we heard that they were doing some Piedmontese snacks experience... Which we missed because we were caught in a downpour and having gelato instead, (laughs) which was very nice, actually. We have to have some more of that. But then we got invited to a Vermouth
0: experience. (laughs) That's a Vermouth experience. Yes. You have heard that right.
1: It was more experience than it was Vermouth. Yeah.
0: So we kind of got cobbled in to this beautiful museum, town centre type building and we were made to sign in and we had press passes, weirdly. Um, we got lanyards. Lanyards. <laughs> and then we were carted through the museum part of this town centre building, city centre. What, is it? what was it? Was it a museum?
1: It was kind of, it was a palazzo. Oh yeah, okay. I think it's a former royal palace. Yeah. Well, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so we were carted.
0: <laughs> Perfect for us queens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we were carted round, and then we went into this beautiful sort of glass... Um, sort of floor to ceiling glass room we had like lovely views over the piazza Looking out over the piazza, yeah. Um, and like, this, yeah, like just food and sort of drinks set up, and and yeah, well, to explain what was going on because these are sponsors of the tourist board.
2: That I is a think sponsor it's of the
1: tourist board, yes. So the as the drink originated in Turin, so they're very proud of it. Yeah, but the mouth has fallen out of flavour flavour. Vermouth has fallen out of favour, even, um, across the world. And so they're trying to have a bit of a re- revival. I think now is the time to do it. We've seen all of these Italian aperitivi, like Aperol and Campari, making a bit of a comeback. And Negroni is very popular, which is made with vermouth. So we're having a bit of a revival. So somebody who seemed to be an entrepreneur and had his own vermouth factory was giving us a a talk about reviving vermouth. And we got to sample some drinks. He he banged on a bit, I think it's fair to say. There was a woman translating to start with, but by the time he'd exhausted both his subject and his audience, she'd given up the go to translate because he was blethering on so much.
0: It was like San Remo, we joked how it was like San Remo, it where was. you were like, just being spoke out for ages, not quite sure what was being said, you then picked up some some bits.
1: And then every so often, rather than a song coming along, a vermouth
0: came around. <laughs> <in the air>. <laughs> <laughs> it was all very, yeah, Italian. Yes. It was beautifully Italian. I mean, it was, it was very pleasant about yeah. it, but yeah, we were only there for the free drink. Yeah. That came out of nowhere as well. This is the, You come to these things at Eurovision and you always get roped into something that you just don't know how it happened. I got roped into Ralph Siegel's 40th anniversary celebration
1: in Baku <laughs> <laughs> when he'd written Valentina Moneta's song. And it was it was either 40 years of him doing Eurovision or it was his 40th entry. He must have had more than that, yeah. Um And we got taken out to this little restaurant outside of Baku, had some very strange entertainment, including a children's choir, um, a rendition from Valentina Moneta, and Ralph Siegel greeting us all as if we were his long-lost friends. <laughs> <laughs> only at Eurovision. Only at Eurovision. Our While we were out as well, we bumped into <laughs> yet more podcasters. We bumped into some of the guys from ESC Insight, and also a long-time fan of the show, our friend Adrian, and we asked them how they're getting on in torino and also what their selections are for what might win next saturday i've now got a very long term fan of the podcast with me adrian adrian how is your turin experience so far
3: Uh, Well, it's raining a lot, but otherwise it's a lovely city and I've been to some lovely museums and I've eaten a lot of pizza.
1: So have I. And who is going to be going home with the crown when we get to next Saturday?
3: Well, that's a very big question. I think what's really cool about this year is that it's actually really open and there are maybe 10 different acts that could potentially win and maybe even 30 or 40 acts that could win. I guess an obvious winner is Ukraine, but it could be Spain or the UK or Italy or Sweden or somebody we haven't even seen. So it's exciting the year, I think, this year. And if you had to nail your colours to the mast for one? Oh, I'll just say Spain because I love Chanel and I love her dancers.
1: <laughs> Thank you. So I'm here with Ben from ESC Insight. Ben, how are you enjoying Torino so far?
3: Well, I am... I think the verb is vermouth right now, which always helps. Thank you very much, City of Torino, for a very lovely vermouth experience.
1: Yes, we've just had some free vermouth tasting in the Palazzo in the Piazza Madama. And very nice it was too. Um, ben, who's going to win this year? United
3: Kingdom. No, shut up. It's a long shot. It's a hyperbolic long shot to say it. But of the 40 that I've seen, when Sam Ryder grabs that guitar, it is the moment. He looks so at one with the music. And in this contest, we vote for characters more than we vote for voice or song, which are fine, by the way, with Sam Ryder and Spaceman. But the character there and then, that's the shot. Don't get our hopes up too much, Ben. Hey, you'll have to be organising it next year. (laughs) You'll be
1: regretting it, I tell you. Uh, Yeah, well, my God, but we can put on a party. If nothing else, we can put on a party. Do you have a vermouth experience, though? Uh, We
3: can invent one. The uh, pork pie experience.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Vegetarian options are available. Joining me now is Finn, also from ESC Insight. So, Finn, how
3: is Turin for you so far? Turin is such a fascinating place, Monty. It's like if the kind of Baroque architecture of Paris had a sort of weird love child with the kind of alpine valley nature of Salzburg. Um, It's absolutely beautiful. The weather has been classic British, probably because we've all traveled over from the UK and brought that classic British weather. Um, But there's a real buzz about the place, and I'm so excited as to what the next week holds in store.
1: And when we get to the end of the next week, who do you
3: think is going to be the vincador? Ooh, that's a tricky one. I think, gun to my head, I would say Ukraine. Mm-hmm. I think, I think it's just it's a classic case of it's done the least wrong up till this point, but there's a whole lot to happen over the semis and the rehearsals and the various bits and pieces, and a lot of Eurovision still to play for. So stay tuned.
1: That's a cop out, but you're not picking one, really.
3: Hey, I I picked Ukraine. Oh, okay, I, okay. Yes, I would I would say I would say Ukraine if you're asking me to pick a winner now, but. I would still say that like, I'm, not, I'm not absolutely guaranteeing that that is what's going to happen because there's still a lot that is going to happen. And we've seen in previous Eurovisions, sometimes rehearsals and semi finals and public opinion and the press game changes things. So I don't want egg on my face of people playing back recordings of me going, oh, Ukraine definitely win. And then it turns out the UK's won and we're having it in Glasgow.
1: <laughs> that would be quite a turnaround for the UK. <laughs> Thanks, Finn. It's an ESC insight frenzy because I've got you in here with me now. You in? How is Torino for you so far?
2: A frenzy, a frenzy. Yes, let's go with that. Um, it's this lovely mix of ancient and. I wouldn't say modern, but sort of 1990s. So it's like, a, it's like a little bit of a throwback when you've got Man in His Suitcase as your theme tune from Ron Grainer and the Door of Television, with Chris Evans doing Mad Cup Don't Forget Your Toothbrush. Except it's obviously slightly older in terms of the buildings, and it's slightly newer in terms of the fountain you can hear in the background. The fountains just come on really loudly in the background, but hopefully you can hear it. And there's a line there about your waterworks,
1: Monty, but we'll leave that to the <laughs> listener to fill in. <laughs> I do need the toilet, actually, after the vermouth experience. But you and who's going to win this year? Music. Bye?
2: No, no, music. Music is the winner. <laughs> <laughs> That's a cop-out. You've <laughs> got to pick one. Yeah. Um, it's very difficult to see past Ukraine in terms of the tally vote, but there are question marks over the jury. It's very difficult to... Not see the United Kingdom do well with the jury, but that televote is still a huge question mark based on historic print. It's just, it's the UK. What is the televote base there? Um, it's very easy to see Sweden not doing top with the jury or the televote, but steaming through the middle. Uh, and it's very easy to see Achille Laro because you can see everything. You certainly can. So which one is that then, Ewan? Uh, it's not. I'm just calling it for three. I'm doing it each way. <laughs> Thank you. So
0: Monty, that was our friends of the parish and what they think. And while we were out doing that and drinking vermouth, (laughs) uh, the actual Eurovision event was taking place and that was the turquoise slash red carpet event.
1: Yes We did get an invite Up to it But it was quite Way out of town And the weather Looked terrible And actually In the middle of it There was an absolute Downpour Of rain So Whilst it would have been Lovely to go Look look at all the lovely Frogs We can do that On the replay On YouTube (laughs) We just (laughs) did And we wouldn't have got A free vermouth
0: Exactly No we did the right thing I think Yeah But we can talk about it. What what were the highlights that you saw from the the red carpet event that we just watched a minute ago? Well, I mean, some of the costumes
1: were absolutely stunning. I really liked the Icelandic girls because they were wearing different LGBT flags and carrying the trans flag. And also the third one of them had the Ukraine flag as part of her costume. I thought that was a lovely little touch. I liked Israel, Michael Ben David Mm -hmm. from Israel, wearing a sort of flowered polka dot number. Brooke was good from Iceland. It's kind of little rainbow themed, with sort of rainbow fringed on a blue frock. Yeah, she looked gorgeous,
0: actually. Yeah, but also Ronella Oh my god, that frock! That was and that hat. Yeah, gorgeous. She made an effort, guys. Yeah, she made an effort. But you'd know this. You can look it up on YouTube. The stream's on there. But
1: Sheldon from Australia had an enormous coat. Yep. And then I think Mahmoud just looked amazing. He was wearing a jacket, shirtless, and wearing a sort of fuchsia, enormous skirt. Yeah,
0: it was pretty bold. but It was fashion-forward. Yeah. Look at us commenting on fashion. Fashion. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be doing the Oscars before you know it. And the Met Gala. (laughs) Yeah, fuck it. Uh, But there was a bit of a um, controversy, wasn't there? Someone jumped in out of the crowd and tried to protest something. Yes, when my mood was when
1: my mood was coming on. Yeah, yeah. Blanco. So yeah. we don't know what happened, but we saw somebody in well
0: lime green being manhandled by the security. Yeah, we're going to assume sustainability or something like that. Hmm. But yeah, it, it was over as fast as it began. <laughs> but yeah, a bit of drama there, guys. Indeed, indeed. So we are off
1: to somewhere special tomorrow, aren't we? We are. We're going to Milano. We are. We're going to have a little afternoon trip to Milano. And then we are going to see Sam Ryder perform at a reception given by the UK embassy in Italy. So we're very grateful for the invitation for that. And
0: uh, yeah, that's what we're doing tomorrow. So just to get this straight, there's going to be an ambassador there? I believe so,
1: yes. I'm very used to meeting ambassadors. You are. The ambassador to Sweden, who used to be the ambassador to Ukraine, took me out for coffee and cake on my 50th birthday in Sokol. She did. Yes.
0: Because you're fabulous. (laughs) (laughs) But if we get to meet the ambassador tomorrow and they bring out Ferrero Rocher, I'm going to lose my shit, (laughs) Monica. (laughs) And I'm going to say the line I don't know if
1: they Really do I've been served By ambassadors On several occasions
0: But I don't think I've ever been Proffered A Ferrero Rocher I'll put on a terrible French accent and be like oh monsieur you're really spoiling us that <laughs> <laughs> hey, is a terrible French accent yeah right. I don't know whether anyone will get that reference that was a 80s advert for Ferrero Rocher in the UK I just realised that not everyone probably got that advert but anyway that's funny for us anyway I think it's I think it's probably presumptive of us to think that most people get most of what we're talking about <laughs> <laughs>
1: So that's our plans for tomorrow so yes little Eurovision news today Uh, tomorrow we'll hopefully be able to maybe grab a moment with Sam if we can and if not we'll grab a moment with other people yeah that aren't Sam (laughs) we'll call them Sam but might be interesting (laughs) or might not or Keith or Jim
0: yes or DJ astronaut DJ Astronaut. Who knows?
1: (laughs) I think it's about time we went to bed.
0: I think. I'm getting tired. (laughs) I can tell. (laughs) And emotional. Yes, so uh, we'll speak to you tomorrow then.
1: Yes, do get in touch on social media, Twitter, at Second Cherry, um, Instagram, at second underscore cherry, Facebook, Second Cherry Podcast, or emailing us on
0: hello at You're a... uh, What? (laughs) (laughs) It's past my bedtime. Hello! At SecondCherry.Vision Also, Monty, you're tired because you've forgotten one crucial thing today. What have I forgotten? You've forgotten the Italian phrase of the day. And you found a bloody brilliant one at the Vermouth Experience.
1: So we saw a sign... And this is the phrase of the day. I'm more given to the phrase because of the way they've translated it, uh, rather than the, the literal, literal meaning. But it's the phrase is "Si prega di non sedersi." Si prega di non sedersi. What's that, Monty? Please don't sit on it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's advice that we'll never take. No.
1: <laughs> right then. <Anyway. anyway>. Enough.
0: Let's go, Monty.
1: Let's go. See you later. See you later. Bye.